Hello, welcome to the High View Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, and I'm the pastor of Connection and Community at High View Church, and I am here with our lead pastor, Chad Williams. How you doing, Chad? Doing well, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We also have another special guest today, another co-host. We have our pastor of worship, Joshua K. Hildebrandt. The one and only. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Man, so glad to have you on. We, we've got the whole, I'm got so the whole excited, team here, man. This is great. I'm this so is excited about this. Thanks yeah. for the Joshua K. That's, that's great. <laughs> Appreciate that. Is that your actual middle initial? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the one. He's okay. named after Keith Green. Really? That's awesome. For some reason, I had that in my mind, and I, I, I was just shooting with it. You were right. I, was right. <laughs> I feel like you know me in ways I didn't know that you That's knew probably me. true. I've gotten to work with you guys now for a few months, and uh, you guys have worked together, though, for this whole time. You, you planted Hive You together. We did. Right. So yep. six years ago, Chad and Josh uh, launched little, little Baby Hive You, little baby and now here we are. Here we are. That's awesome. I'm really excited to uh, learn a little bit more about what Josh does here at Highview. So today, our conversation is going to be about Christ-centered worship. So, uh, you know, we, like we said, here at Highview, we try to keep things gospel-centered. We did a a podcast, check out episode number two, uh, where we kind of talk about what gospel-centered means, what we believe the gospel is, and what we think it means to be gospel-centered. Uh, but today we want to talk about kind of one of the aspects of our church that we really want to keep gospel-centered, which is our worship. We want to keep Christ at the focus of the songs we sing and the, and the various things we do with worship. So Josh leads our worship ministry, so we're going to take this opportunity to interview him and ask him what is Christ-centered worship. So Josh, take it away. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a great subject, great topic to discuss, uh, Christ-centered worship. I think it's so important. Um, it's a term we hear a lot um, more and more uh, in worship ministries, and I'm pleased about that. Um, so first off, I think the best thing to do is just kind of start with the definition and then maybe work out from there. When I think of Christ-centered worship, uh, just in the simplest terms, it's worship that's just primarily focused on the person and the works of Jesus Christ, right? So his life, his death, his resurrection, his promise to return. Mm. Um, those are topics that we want to be singing about. We're about to uh, worship right now. <laughs> Those are topics that we need to be addressing in our worship and in our singing, and there's, uh, it's so important that we do that. Now, with that said, though, I think there's more to Christ-centered worship than just um, those facts. Um, mm. One of the things that, that I strive to do as a worship leader is to make sure that our people are engaging with the person of Jesus Christ in the worship service. Mm. So That's a good point. Um, on a Sunday morning, you know, we have people that come in, um, from all different walks of life, and they have so many different things in their heart and in their mind, and um, and all through the week they may have been lifting up, you know, their uh, their fears or their worries or there's so many things that have been exalted in their heart. And Christ-centered worship, to me, a successful Sunday morning where Christ-centered worship has happened is when the people leave the service, and what's now exalted in their heart is Christ, is the person and work of Christ, and so through singing through the preaching, through all the elements of our service, we want to kind of push out all those other Mm. things that have tried to exalt themselves over the name of Christ. And uh, when they leave now, um, Christ is what's exalted in their hearts. That's That's, Christ-centered worship. That's a great great definition. And and I think you said something pretty important. It's not just singing. It's not just songs. It's all the elements of of our worship service. Preaching is worship. Reading the scripture, which we do public readings. We do a call to worship that's scripture. Uh, we have 
other elements, baptism, Lord's Supper, all these things are worship. And, and I think that's a great, uh, that's a great thing to remember because uh, I think that's one of the things you hear about today, worship wars being primarily about song style. Uh, yeah. It can be about the instrumentation you have. But really, I think what we kind of just said is we want to make sure the war that we're fighting in worship is over our sin. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're fighting for a high view of Christ. In right, worship. right. And I think another thing, too, that's important about Christ-centered worship um, is, you know, a lot of times in contemporary worship music, the songs focus a lot on, um, on what happens to us as we worship, mm. um, which is not a bad thing. And we sing about that, too. You know, Christ sets us free. That's, that's true. But if, you're, if you focus too much on kind of the secondary results of what Christ has done, mm. that's not necessarily Christ-centered worship. Um, and the further you get away from that, just the reality of what Christ has done, you, you start getting into some, some territories of worship that, that aren't as edifying in a Christ-centered way as, as we want them to be. And so one of the things that I'm always looking at at songs, and then I know we may talk about this in a second, but is, you know, are these songs primarily talking about just the person of Jesus? Like, are we just focusing on who he is, what he's done? Um, you know, I can figure out how that applies to my life kind of in my mm -hmm. own meditation. But, you know, I just want to put the mill out before them, not too, you know, scattered and dealt with. I just want to put it before them. This is Christ. This is what he's done. And then let the Holy Spirit kind of parse that out in their hearts um, through the service and through the week. And uh, But we just want to give them Christ yeah. um, just up front. Well, let's go ahead and jump to that question. Like I said, we were going to talk about yeah. it a little bit later. But what are what are some of the criteria that you use when deciding whether or not to sing a particular song? Yeah, so um, that's a super important question. And, you know, there are some criteria I look for. Obviously, we want the song to be theologically sound, um, you know, and so we, we kind of put it through, through that test. Um, we want to make sure the things that it's proclaiming are biblical. Um, but we also, you know, I ask the question, is this song going to be valuable to our congregation? Um, there are some songs that are maybe not theologically inaccurate, but they're also kind of just not very valuable. Mm. And, you know, so it, it's, it's just a kind of a pastoral, um, I don't know, decision that you have to make in that moment where you're discerning, you know, is this song congregational? Um, is this song going to add value to, to our people as they sing it? Is it going to focus their attention on Christ? Um, and, and, and I try also to think kind of holistically about some of the gospel elements. So, um, you know, maybe we're really looking for a song uh, that, that's dealing with uh, the resurrection of Christ. Um, maybe we feel like, hey, our song selection, uh, we're not singing a lot about that. And so maybe we, uh, you know, add a song that's, that's focusing on that element. Um, but then you've also got, you know, other aspects of, of praise and worship and reverence. And so uh, maybe it's just, you know, in my kind of hard I'm thinking as a worship pastor our people really need to, to celebrate I feel like there's a, a sense in which we need to celebrate what God has done for us mm. um, and so you know then then that kind of steers the song selection that we might uh, move towards okay so I have a question based off um, something you mentioned as you were explaining Christ-centered worship uh, just then give your definition for it you mentioned one of the criteria for how you decide whether a song is Christ-centered and therefore should be in the worship set, uh, in the liturgy week to week. You mentioned one of the criteria being, is it congregational? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious as to what, when you say that, um, unpack yeah. for us a little bit of what you mean by 
I mean, there's there's great worship songs that have a lot of good theology in them that you might consider not congregational. Yeah. Right. Mm. Or, or 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 songs that are maybe you know focus on one aspect uh, of the gospel or another that maybe are more congregational. So unpack that for us. Yeah. So what I try to do when I'm picking a song, that term congregational is kind of subjective, if you will, because. You know, I, when I'm picking a song, I, I will take some time and I kind of try to imagine what it would sound like if I was just hearing the congregation sing it. And I, I legitimately do that. I try to think in my mind, could the congregation really lift this chorus? Or is this chorus only going to stay alive if there's that one vocalist really mm-hmm. pushing it? And if, if I can't see the congregation leading the song then um, then I, I kind of you know stay away from it. And that doesn't mean it's not a good song I wouldn't listen to in my, my radio, you know, yeah. and, and really be edified sure. and blessed by it. Um, but you know the the unique thing about Sunday morning worship is that it's both corporate and private at the same time. And so I never want to sacrifice either one of those things. You know, I don't want to say it's only corporate and so there's not any private aspect to it because there is. You know, God is dealing personally with people as they're singing. But then again, at the same time, it's a corporate experience, you know, where two or more are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them. And there's this, this element we're coming together as the body, worshiping as one. And, um, you know, so... Um, so would yeah. you say singability? Singability, but it's also... Yeah. Another thing with that is it's, it's cultural, too. So what is singable to one group of people may not be singable to another. And, and that's yeah. something that I'm discovering more and more. You know, younger generations the melodies that they're comfortable with are different because they've grown up listening to different music. And so, you know, it's, it's a tricky game being sensitive to that. Um, you know, I'll have on a Sunday morning, um, maybe a group of people come up to me and tell me how much they loved a particular song. And then, um, another group may not have jived on that song as Mm. much. So, you know, it's not a right or wrong sometimes when you're picking what is congregationally singable it's just trying to be sensitive, and I think that's what's important. If you're being sensitive to it, then you're probably in the right ballpark, and you, you know, you've got a pastoral, at least, uh, inclination. And that's really what I go for. It's not like hitting the nail on the head, because I don't think that's really possible. It's just being mindful and being sensitive to that, being aware of that, and, you know, and, and doing your best with it. I'll tell you what's difficult. For us guys with low voices, mm. trying to sing all that new newfangled stuff, Shane and Shane, <laughs> Shane and Shane, and yeah. newfangled, and Chris Tomlin, all those women. You know that's that's true, but I have found that female voiced men <laughs> that Shane and Shane songs oh, are man. so high oh. they've actually crossed back over. It's true, you so can they're actually sing singable for the men. That's a good point. Yeah, so I sing the Shane and Shane songs. <laughs> I try to in in their key because it's just you know singable for the guys on the other end. It's very, it's very true. It's difficult though sometimes because I've been to like certain conferences with singers like that, and you're just, I just end up blowing my voice out, and it can become a distraction yeah. if if a song is you know has a weird melody and it's, it might sound beautiful and musical and technical, uh, but it might not be. It actually might take away from people I've engaging. Always, yeah, I've always said that my favorite worship leaders are not the best singers. They're just good singers, so they're mm. not distracting. They can carry the melody well, yeah. but you can just get behind them and run. Right. Like honestly, that's why I think Chris Tomlin has done so well. You know, Chris Tomlin's not out there killing it with his vocal runs. Sure, but yeah. he's just a consistent yeah. singer. People can sing his songs, and you know, and Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're if you're listening you're, to episode, you've done fine. Three, you've, <laughs> you've done you've done a okay you've job. You've done fine with what the Lord gave you. Should have been a baritone you've, voice, yeah. but you've that done, was meant as a compliment. You've done well. <laughs> 
we we definitely yeah. think I go, you know, when I go listen to Shane and Shane sing, I have to be careful because I'll just start listening to them sing. To help, yeah. Because they're so yeah. good, and I'm like, all right, you're actually worshiping here, So is there, is there a line where we need to be careful? Because I think we should strive there for is. excellence in worship. We should strive for good musicianship. Because we, we talk about this a lot, that excellence is actually a form of godliness, right? Yeah. We believe God does all things excellently, so we should do all things with excellence. But where where does that line fall where yeah, it can I, be distracting? There absolutely is a line. Um, and I think it's important to ask yourself that question, where is the line? Because if you're just um, oblivious to it, then you either make it all about performance or you can go the other extent and you just don't care about performance at all. Right. And you just really have a, a lack of, um, you know, excellence. And um, so... You know, I, I think that as we worship on a Sunday morning, it's not only our vocals, not only the lyrics, but the music itself is an important aspect of worship. And so, you know, when we practice as a band, there might be a section in a song where there's a, you know, a, a few seconds of a musical kind of interlude. Mm-hmm. Um, those are not times where the worship stops. Like, yeah. look at the Psalms, yeah. all the places where it talks about, you know, worshiping the Lord with stringed instruments and and yeah. it's about a posture of heart, but if you're engaged in worship in that moment, that's a worship-filled experience and expression. Right. Um, and even the people listening uh, in those moments can be worshiping. It's just all about the posture of heart. And one of the things I try right. to enforce with the team regularly to balance this is this kind of, you know, statement, if you will, or concept. And it's that you know what we do is of utmost importance, uh, but we are not. And so when we approach Sunday morning, um, you know, our practice, the, the leading of worship, the engaging of the congregation, that's of utmost importance. And ultimately who we're doing it to, that's the yeah. reason it's of, of utmost importance. But we're not. And just balancing those things, you know, it's not about, hey, I've got a, a guitar solo here and I, re- I really get to show my chops. You know, it's uh, so just kind of having that humility in your own heart. This is not about me. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I want to give my best to this because it is for Jesus. Right. It, well, it's like with anything else. I think there's, there's a quality of, uh, of nature, of things we enjoy, that if we terminate that joy on the thing, it becomes idolatry. Yeah. Right. I think this, so so. Matt Chandler talks a lot about that, that the, the enjoyment of creation has to roll past. And I think even music, the beauty of music it is a, a matter of general revelation, right? It's, it's yeah. beauty in nature. And so seeing that, hearing that, and performing it well can point to God or it can point to yourself. Oh, like so you said, cool. it has to do with the, the posture of your heart going into not only participating in it as a congregant, as a worshiper, but also as a worship leader, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so true. You know, idolatry is, is obviously something that's common to all people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we call it by many different names now. But these things we exalt in our own heart yeah. And, and I think one of the challenges that I face as a worship leader every week is addressing a group full of people, myself included, that have been idolatrous in some way the entire week. Mm. Yeah. And, and the thing with that is, is what we've done is we've practiced worshiping things that really don't deserve our worship, and we kind of know that. Mm. And so then when we come in Sunday morning, we've been doing this false worship, giving worship to things that don't really deserve it, and now all of a sudden, we're supposed to give our worship to something that really does deserve it. Yeah. And there's a little bit of disconnect. Mm. And so I'm calling it's people... to one more thing. Right. So we've been worshiping the wrong things the yeah. wrong way. Right. And now and the real thing is here, and we, and we approach it the wrong way. Mm. Yeah. My head just exploded yeah. from the glory of God in that statement. That's, 
That's that's what we do. And wow. so then when we try to get people to engage with the Lord, they engage with the Lord in the in the way they've been engaging with their idols. And I'm saying, no, no, this is the time you really this can a, do it right. Yeah. And so we're trying to get people excited, but they've been faking it the whole week with fake idols. Mm-hmm. And they just bring that into the, the, the church and, and kind of reorienting that. No, this is the time to go for it. And this he's really worthy of our praise. Yeah. Um, that's... Okay, so so I have this question. So when from your perspective as a pastor who is leading a uh, large worship ministry um, every week, what to you from your perspective, what are you looking for in the congregation? So as as this like what from where you're standing pastorally, what are you looking for in terms of Engagement with the congregation, their engage their engagement level generally, but also, um, you know how they're worshiping. What, what are you looking for I, in the congregation? Yeah, what what I really want to see on a Sunday morning, and I, let's see, I have a picture in my mind that I don't know how to to put it into words. The picture that I have in my mind was someone kind of uh, they've just come through the desert and they're a little ragged, and they're like crawling up to the table. They're hungry, they're parched, but they've just made it to the place where there's food, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so, it's I'm not looking for people to show up and have everything together. I'm looking for people to come and show up and, and know that they're needy, yeah. and that there's a table before them. Um, so you like want hung, to see a want, desperation. Yeah, I want to see a hunger, hunger. Yeah. and like uh, and and I think um, when we come before the Lord with that type of posture of heart, like. Um, He's, he's there ready to pour himself out. Yeah. You know, when we come before the Lord and we don't really think we need him, that's when we're sorely mistaken. Yeah. Like we've had a good week. Yeah. We roll into Sunday morning and, and it's kind of just our natural thing that we do. Mm-hmm. But, but the truth is we never really fully understand the desperate need that we are in for the Lord at all times. Yeah. Like we always show up Sunday morning as that person who's just come through the desert. Yeah. Right. We are in desperate need of living water. And, you know, I have to every Sunday morning remind myself that this is not a small thing. Like I am I'm here uh, with God's people uh, and the opportunity for me to kind of feast at the Lord's table is before me. But if I don't see myself as someone who's desperately in need of food, then I kind of just put my nose up at it. Right. You know, and I don't partake of the bounty that's in front of me. Um, so anytime I see that kind of that desperation um, that brokenness, right? Um, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, yep. um, for they shall see God. That when I see that in the hearts of the people, I, I kind of have this feeling. I think this is going to be a good that, Sunday. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. The Beatitudes. Jesus kind of describes that whole. I mean, he everything he describes about the blessed person is poor in spirit, mourners, meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He says those people will yeah, be filled. Right. They will be. You know, they will receive the kingdom of heaven. They will be comforted. To, kind of bringing it full circle a little bit with that the beatitudes are describing not only calling us to something but they're also describing mm-hmm. the blessed man mm-hmm. that is jesus yeah and so if we're going to be christ-centered in our worship then ultimately we will possess mm-hmm. these and manifest these qualities as born-again believers trusting in this jesus we will manifest these qualities in our worship the qualities of the blessed man. And so That's exactly uh, right. Christ-centered worship, weirdly enough, makes us more like Christ. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's beholding and becoming. That's, mm. that's the, the pattern. And, Sean Piper, yeah. 
I feel like John Piper, the spirit of John Piper is with us. Mm. It's falling upon us. And it's <laughs> Piper. No, we're not. <laughs> I, I would just begin to weep. <laughs> well, John um, Piper, you're my hero. Hey, well, let me let me close it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, kind of throw this question to all of us. What's your favorite worship song? Oh goodness gracious! As the deer. As the deer. I don't even know oh, what that is. Good. Um. Man, that's a good question. Say what my, well, I don't have one. I legit don't have one. Okay. I just can't. I can't. The worship pastor it. doesn't have a favorite worship song? I really don't. Okay. Is it? Do you feel like they're all well, your, your children? And if you, you don't I, want to forsake actually, any of them? Actually, um, if I had to pick one, <laughs> wait, I, I take it back. <laughs> if I had to pick one, probably just to sing again and again, mm. it's How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Mm. That, that song that's is good. incredible. That's my wife's favorite. I mean, it's just simple yeah. and beautiful and... Every time I sing it, I could just uh, yeah, I, I can go there. My my favorite song is also a hymn. It's it is well. That's mm-hmm. that is my favorite song. That's um, great. Dance floor is is, <laughs> is that in that one in the road back? That's, that uh, I grew up in. Oh, we're gonna close I, this out with God's great dance floor. I, you better believe that. I'm there is a fountain. Uh, mm. The the way that song builds and ends with Christ's return. And all the ransom church of God, like be saved to sin no more. Yeah, that's magic. That's that's a that's a is that's a glorious it's uh, something to be said too. Song. That that our songs are hymns and like modern hymns. Yeah, yeah. But that, I do love contemporary worship. But that's true. something to be said about that. Young worship leaders. Mm. It's good. It's good word. Yeah, that is, that is that's great. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up right there with this third episode of the High View Podcast. We hope that you will subscribe. We should be available on all platforms now. On Praise iTunes, God, and Google Praise Play, God. and Stitcher, and all the your favorite podcast player. Please go find us. Share this with your friends. Leave us a nice rating and review. And we will see you next time. I'm coming back to the start. Where you found me I'm coming back to your heart